Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle and entertainment podcast of the Columbus Dispatch, where we provide a taste of upcoming arts, entertainment, and leisure activities throughout Central Ohio. This is Earl Hopkins, features reporter at the Dispatch. And on this episode, I'm speaking to Carla Epler, executive director of Oktoberfest, who's here to talk about how excited she is for the festival's return to in-person for the first time in two years and what traditional and new elements attendees can expect to see. Carla, before we get into the discussion, I just wanted to ask you, first, with everything going on, COVID cases rising and the presence of the Delta variant, how are you feeling? I'm feeling hopeful and excited. The, the great thing about the Columbus Oktoberfest is it it's a completely outdoor event. There are three beautiful open-air pavilions that are under cover, which represents 100,000 square feet of covered space, but they're open on all four sides. Um, there's plenty of room to social distance, and as long as everybody, you know, monitors themselves and and does what they know is right for them i'm i'm excited to be able to have something to look forward to absolutely and now as we talk about oktoberfest i want to talk about how different it is from other highly you know attended festivals and events that happen in central ohio one of the biggest differences is the fact that Oktoberfest is produced by a family business versus a city or major corporate entity. Can you give me a little backstory about Oktoberfest throughout its 55 years? And, you know, you can start with just how it got its start initially. Sure. The Oktoberfest actually started in German Village with the uh, German Village Business League. They held it at Schiller Park. They had a really hard time turning a profit with it because you couldn't sell beer in the park. There was always a a bidding war. There was a lot, catty corner from the park, that Schmitz, Diebels, and always bid against each other. And George Schmidt, our restaurant founder, always won the bid. So we've we've been a part of Oktoberfest from day one. And um, a couple of years in, they, they gave up with the fact that it just didn't produce the revenue that they needed for their fundraising. So George Schmidt said, I will produce it. And he did for several years. It was here at the uh, Ohio Expo Center in the Agricultural and Horticulture Building and the North Commercial Building, one of those big open-air pavilions that I mentioned earlier. And quite successful there. We were at the center for a few years. Then the uh, German Village Society restructured, reorganized, and said, you know, we want to produce an Oktoberfest as a fundraiser. And George said, I... I don't want to have two. That doesn't make sense for the city of Columbus. We will um, support you and we'll be a major presenting sponsor of Oktoberfest. And we did that for several years. And then in 2009, the uh, society 
was having a hard time. We kind of lost where Oktoberfest used to be due to growth of the city, and um, it became much more difficult to find a place to hold it. At one point, they talked about Schiller Park again, which, of course, Mahal in the parks. And um, so they just decided in 2009, July, that they were going to cancel Oktoberfest. The uh, chairman came and, and told Jeff Schmidt and I that he wanted us to be the first to know that it was going to be canceled. And we said, well, that's just crazy. We can't not have an Oktoberfest. We'll just produce it. We've done it before. We'll do it again. And, uh, you know, a full-time job later, here we are, 2021, producing another great Oktoberfest. And, and it is different because it is a family that puts it together. Uh, it's a couple of families. You know, here at the Expo Center, Concessions by Cox has the uh, the food vending um, during the fair, the 365 days of the year. So they're a family business too, and they work hand in hand with us and the Expo Center to make sure that it gets done. Um, and our Oktoberfest is different. Schmitz participates in five different Oktoberfests throughout Ohio, and they're all very different. They all have a set um, personality. Ours we think is the most authentic because of those big, huge open air pavilions that we talked about. That's a hundred thousand square feet of covered space. So, you know, they're decorated very much like the beer halls that you would see at the Oktoberfest in Munich with the bunting in the rafters. And, um, it's just, we, the highest compliment we get is when folks come up to us and say, you know, I grew up in Bavaria and this, this makes me think of home. That's the best compliment that we can get. Uh, we have three stages. We have great beers. There's shopping. We have a, a free kids area. So it makes it quite different. Um, you know, we do a Dayton Oktoberfest, which is held at the Dayton Art Institute. So, of course, that has a very different feel. The uh, Cincinnati Oktoberfest bills itself as the largest Oktoberfest in the United States. And, and I'm sure it is, but it's it's very different. It's out um, on the streets of downtown, 2nd and 3rd Street. So it they all just have a very different feel to them. And uh, we feel what we've done is taken the best of all of the ones that we participate in and Munich and tried to make it so that there's truly something for everyone. And, and it's, it's, sometimes it's tough being a family run entity because we do have marketing partners that we ask to, to help us. But, you know, at the end of the day, success or failure, it's, it's Schmitz making it happen and, and trying to uh, produce this for the Central Ohio patrons. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. And given like last year's cancellation, like how excited are you personally? Well, not cancellation, but the move to like more of a virtual um, Oktoberfest versus a traditional in-person event, right? Yeah, we, we did. It was, we always have a race that kicks off the, the Oktoberfest along with the 
the tapping of the keg around six on Friday. It's called the Mueller Fear, and, and they do a double loop through the Expo Center, which is a lot of fun. So the race was held virtually, and then we did a um, kind of an Oktoberfest survival kit for those who who couldn't get out and, and do anything. So that was um, Schmidt sausage and sauerkraut, you know, condiments, and then a big, huge, giant pretzel and a a couple steins and some fun beads and we just tried to provide something fun for people. And I think we sold maybe about 150 of those. Uh, we didn't even start that until September and did it through the month of October. So we are, we are beyond excited to be able to have an in-person Oktoberfest. We're, we're outside. So social distancing is very easy. Um, there's lots and lots of space that you can have your own, your own bubble. And, um, we, we have found that few events that we have done this summer, people are, are so excited to, to be out and, and to do things. And, um, there's a word, a German word is called Gemütlichkeit, and it means, um, a, a sense of well-being and fun and liveliness and celebration and, Nevermore has that word been more appropriate for um, for this year as far as looking forward to trying to to have something for people to come out and do that is is outside. Yeah. And so with this year's event taking place in person, what is like you all's expected attendance? Are there any safe safeguards in place due to covid or kind of what's the expectation as far as? those things? Well, we are actually looking forward to our attendance being about the same or higher as it has been traditionally. Um, we, we feel like there's about 30,000 people that come through over the course of the three days. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, there's so much area to spread out. You're outside. We do ask that People follow the the guidelines that are in place right now uh, as far as masking goes. If you haven't been vaccinated, you know, please wear your mask. We, quite frankly, don't have staff to police that. So we have confidence that people will do what is best for them and, and keeps them safe. And people who are, are uncomfortable but still go out, please wear your mask. And um, like I said, we've got a huge amount of space. So it's very easy to social distance. It is all outside. Um, there's the beautiful Ohio department of natural resources park where the kinder pod stuff is the inflatables. They have sanitation protocols in place. We have sanitation protocols in place for, uh, wiping down the tables. Our food vendors will of course have hand sanitizer at their stands and they will, do all the hand washing that has always been in place with the health department requirements for food safety and and things like that. So we're we're very confident that folks will be smart about about coming and how they conduct themselves. And um, we're just so excited to be able to welcome them to the fairgrounds here and and be able to celebrate being outside. And as far as those looking to attend the event, where can they find more information about about Oktoberfest and where can they purchase tickets ahead of the event? Well, here's the great thing. Admission is free. It is $10 to park and it's great parking. It's, you know, paved. You don't have to worry about if there is inclement weather, getting your car stuck in mud or anything like that. 
So admission free. And if you walk in, it, it's truly free. Um, $10 for parking. And then the website, columbusoctoberfest.com, which is C-O-L-U-M-B-U-S-O-K-T-O-B-E-R-F-E-S-T.com, is the place to find all of the information. There's an entertainment schedule there. There'll be a list of who our food vendors are, um, what beers we're pouring, when the Rheingeist Commute-Lakite games are, which is super fun. That's a new amped-up thing that we have going on um, in the amphitheater. It's basically a strength competition, so people are going to be powerlifting kegs and 500-pound stones, and there's going to be a stone toss. So lots and lots of going on, and you can find about all of that on that website. Thank you, Carla. And I just want to say before we end the podcast, I appreciate you for hopping on on, uh, to discuss Oktoberfest and some of the things that our attendees can expect um, for the weekend-long event. Um, So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.